Good morning, Jay. What's up? How are you doing? How are you, Manish? Super excited. Me too. For session one. First session. First session. We're finally here. We're finally here. Okay. So, guys, this is a session number one, and the intention, as you would have heard from our intro recording, was was to educate, empower everyone around investments, and and today we are going to cover this word called investments. What does it mean? Why is it important? What do people think about it? And take you through a lot of lot of elements of of this word. And and yeah, I'd like to start with you, Jay. Why why do you think investments? Okay, why do you think it's investing is even important or is required? Why do you think so? Investing really comes down to many. There's many reasons why I see investing to be mandatory and and. in somebody's career or in somebody's life the most important thing personally for me is it is it's a form of discipline it's a form of discipline where i have this this monthly income that i get and by allocating certain percentage of my monthly income towards investing the same way i do rent gives me that level of comfort that let's say in 10 years 15 years as this pool of money accumulates and grows I have a comfort net. I'm not worried. I the, the stress of a single source of income gradually decreases. You know, I'm not tied to tied to a certain job. It it's not the stress level, the stress element just gradually reduces. I want that comfort at the age of 35, at the age of 40 where I'm able to say I have this comfort net here and I I, I can only say that I have this comfort net here by beginning now. And and I'm sure guys if any any of you are around 25 which is jay's age you might be thinking like who thinks so far 40 and all guys i'm 40 okay jay and i have a 15 year difference and let me tell you 40 will come before you realize absolutely you might just be busy with doing things what that you're doing and you won't even realize you hit 40 and in my age i can tell you 99% of people don't have the financial in, you know financial independence or financial stability that that could have Arisen, uh, or people could have experienced financial stability if they would have just had the discipline to save. In fact, Jay has some numbers to share with you what you could actually land up saving if you just parked aside a certain money on a monthly basis. Jay, you want? To- yeah. So let's if if we assume most people uh, since we're in the UAE, most people are earning in dirhams. Let's assume someone around the age of twenty-five is making ten thousand dirhams approximately if you choose to take thirty percent of that ten thousand dirhams let's say three thousand dirhams on average and you invest it at we'll we'll talk about various rates of return but for the purpose of this calculation we'll assume ten percent as your annual return if you park aside three thousand dirhams every month into an investment account for the next five years every month stay disciplined for three thousand dirhams you would end up with you would end up In at the end of sixty months, you would end up with two hundred thirty-seven thousand dirhams. Out of the 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 money saved was how much? Three thousand thirty-six thousand. So one eighty thousand dirham is what people say. Exactly. So if you kept that in a bank account, most people don't. But if you kept that in a bank account and you just let let it lie there without investing it or accumulating a, an interest or that return that I that I specified in the beginning, the the ten percent, you would have just had one hundred eighty thousand dirhams. The interest component added fifty-seven thousand dirhams to that. To that pool of money, and this is the capital. The capital gains or interest, basically. Exactly, and that that makes your investment two hundred thirty-seven thousand dollars. Now, 
the power of compounding again we'll talk about what compounding means but the power of compounding if you did the same thing for another 5 years let's say at the end of 10 years now your pool of money had you kept it in a bank would have been 360000 dirhams but because you invested that money you're sitting at 621000 dirhams which means that you earned 258000 dirhams in interest or in like you said capital capital, capital, capital. And, and wow you're saying 600000 dirhams plus and the 3000 dirham won't even pinch it won't pinch and this is now your when yeah. you started at 25 now you're 35 years old you know but the real power of investing right is the power of compounding which now we take the gap the 15 year gap the same 3000 dirhams the pool of money again as you if you kept it in a bank would have been 540000 dirhams but the the investment income or the capital gain that you've now got is 709000 dirhams in 15 years by putting 3000 dirhams in into this investment portfolio you will be sitting at 1.25 million dirhams and the capital appreciation on this is more than how much you actually invested so your capital appreciation component is 709000 while your investment what you what the principal is 540000 so in a nutshell the longer you stay in the market the more yeah. you have this power of compounding to take over your investment and guys 1.2 million dirhams let me tell you i can vouch for it 99% of 99% people above 40 don't have this money in fact in fact there was a statistic in us which was shocking where they said that 90% of people don't even have 500 dollars if it's needed in emergency cash 90% of people in us it's worse for countries like india or other countries where people just don't have this kind of money man and, and wow if someone could just save this little amount of money that's why investing is important i want to share one more thing why it's important jay just as an extension of of the word jay use called discipline see we humans are messy distracted uh, and uh, tempted by a lot of things which are not fundamentally important but it is just that we get tempted or sucked into it purely because everyone around us is doing it buying a fancy gadget buying a fancy watch buying a fancy car and you don't even realize you may not have the money to buy a fancy car but you might get tempted into a fancy holiday because four people in the company are going for that holiday and you don't realize that spending on these fancy things okay takes money away from investing uh, so what happens mostly is people spend and then whatever is left they think of investing unfortunately not many things is left purely because almost all gets spent absolutely rather if you would have invested allocated a certain amount and just parked it so that you don't even have it for deciding to spend it and then decide on spending chances are you'll be not you'll you'll, you'll not get sucked into or seduced into spending on fancy stuff absolutely i just hmm. wanted to share one more thing that i do personally because i think that everybody should budget and and like i mentioned if it's a 10000 assume i if i make a 10000 dirham salary i i do have a wants allocation so i, I out of the 10000 dirhams i'm still putting aside 1000 dirhams towards something i want and and that level of discipline allows me to say okay it could be let's say a new macbook right if a new macbook costs 5000 dirhams i contribute this 1000 dirhams towards this wants budget until I have the ability to buy this MacBook at the end of let's say five months. But the problem I see with people who are younger is they don't have that one thousand gram discipline. They end up spending the entire five thousand grams right now. And the problem with spending that entire five thousand grams right now means you don't have that three thousand gram that you need to keep allocating. 
and you will constantly find these wants if you don't budget it properly every month you'll have a new want heck every week you could have a new want you know i, I guess many a times you'll just get seduced into these wants because people around you are doing something and it's just like wow man my friend bought that sneakers for 1000 bucks gone one shoe nike cost you 1000 yeah and it's uh, you have now and another thing i find is a lot of people misclassifying a want and a need you 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 say maybe i i, I need sneakers or oh, i need shoes it's a need but uh, do you really need quote unquote a thousand dirham pair of shoes perhaps not so having that level of discipline where you're able to say what is a want what is a need and then budgeting your the, the how much you earn and how you earn and if you don't do that manish can rightly attest to this you end up accumulating debt instead of accumulating an investment portfolio i i i'll also share one more thing why you must keep certain money aside is you don't know what's going to hit you okay covid was one one phenomenal you know experience that people have gone through to realize that you could land up getting hit by something you didn't expect at all and and many people are struggling so badly because they don't have any money or savings kept aside which could which could help them just stay afloat you know keeping money on the side is also being prepared okay for life hitting you in a manner maybe there could be a medical emergency at home maybe you could have another covid cousin you know attacking the you know just spreading crazy or maybe you could lose a job you know many of my friends have gone into deep shit only because they, when they lost their job they didn't have enough savings and they borrowed i still remember a, a friend of mine from emirates nbd borrowed because he had three kids borrowed a million dirhams from his wife's brother i one million dirhams is technically saving 3000 dirhams over a period of 12 13 years as per the calculation that jay said if he would have just saved that money he wouldn't be borrowing this money now i'll tell you what with the job loss he i don't know if he's got a job yet or not but gone right another 10 years is just going to go into paying that loan off exactly so that's why parking a certain money aside for investing could help you with that also absolutely absolutely and you don't want to you don't want to run into that situation where now instead of by reversing that trend and and this person that that manish is probably talking about is very likely to have been earning more than 10000 dirhams in his life but he was a unit head bro 35 people reporting into him in uae's biggest bank and a team region head or stuff like that but shit happens to the best of people also exactly and and one very conservative part of my calculation is assuming a 10000 dirham salary for the next 15 years if you if, if the the money could just become a lot larger if you continue to stay disciplined and invest it 30% of your income i mean if you're making 20000 the 1.2 now becomes 2.5 as in 15 years you know as absolutely the goal is for you to keep saving and having that discipline where you're saying okay 30% of my monthly salary needs to go into this come what may it just maybe maybe maybe, maybe you can start with 10% if if exactly. 30% sounds to start with 10% like it's not there exactly. it's, you know it's like when when jay and i both work out we prefer to be healthy like to be healthy but when we do work out it's like that half an hour in a day it's not there like i have 23 and a half hours in a day because that half an hour is allocated for my workout exactly i have to plan my life around the 23 and a half hours and when you have that kind of time or money allotted for something then you just make best of whatever's left exactly you plan all you plan the rest of your income on the 90% or how you absolutely or how, the, how you want to spend that 70% you know and you you reverse it so you say okay maybe my rent needs to be lower than where we are at right now maybe we need to downsize a little bit there or maybe we need to you know consume 
different kind of food that may not cost this much or eat out less, you know, reverse it. Start with the how much you want to invest and then keep that 90% there to for everything else. Absolutely. And, and one thing eventually to top this entire purpose of investing is that you got goals, man. You got dreams. You want to buy a nice house one day. But if you buy a nice shoe right now, that nice house is going for a toss. All right. You would love to travel to the best of locations with your whole family, not when your company sends you. All right. You would want to, you would want to start your own business, you know, instead of running around asking other people to invest in your business, which is what I see many people doing. You could ha- start your own business with your own freaking money. But buying that Nike shoe might just jeopardize that goal, which could come through in the next 10, 15 years. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So cool. Now, you know, this is why you should invest. But you no, know, we also want to address what is the perception of investing. I, I've been a banker for a long time and it amazes me to see the perception that people carry of this word. Or how they go about executing this word. So, so I'd like to hear from you, Jeff. How do you see people understanding this word called investing or investments? Manish, to be very honest, you know, as as somebody who who deals with high net worth individuals or ultra high net worth individuals, and I and managing their money, I have I see people on that level have a very skewed perception of what investing is. Almost to to say that. They look at investing or the world of investing like a casino. They attribute investing to speculation. They Everybody wants to be part of the hype. You see a hype, for lack of a better example, in today's world, you see, uh, you see GameStop, right? As, as just one example, a stock that in the last four days has gone up 400%. People have this bias or, or not a bias, but they have this mindset that Oh, I want to be part of that 400%. Why am I not investing in it? And that is a completely misconstrued way of investing. And best believe a lot of people fall in that category where they 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 want, they, they act on other people's success uh, or, or stories of other people's success. But what they're failing to see is because nobody's telling everybody else about their failures. So nobody's telling each other about how they failed or what investments were bad and how they lost money there. So the goal to invest should really be long-term in nature. No, so, so you're saying that the perception is that people you think investing is short-term. That's a, that's what you're referring to. Exactly. It's, it's short-term. And I think one thing that ties back into what we were previously talking about is people have this need for short-term investing because they want, their, they, they put investing as the last part of their their salary, which means that they end up having 500 dirhams. And then they think, what, I want to make this 500 dirhams, 5,000 dirhams. But investing does not work like that. They don't, they, you need to understand that for, to go from 500 to 5,000, you will, your ability to lose that 500 is as quick, you know. So with, with higher levels of return come higher levels of risk. And but I, I guess I guess everyone around is taking their high level of risk today. So everyone thinks that is investing. I'm going to make quick, quick, quick money, quick, money. quick than Murugan style. Yeah, quick money. But quick, quick money comes with a- exceptional amounts of risk. And I've seen people who, like we mentioned, 10 percent as a as a return. A lot of people want, you know, 25, 30 percent returns, if not more. And I've seen high net worth individuals come to me and tell me 25 to 30 percent is, is what we need. 
and it's difficult otherwise you're not not good otherwise, like, you know sometimes people say if you're not making 100% return on investing then you're not good which is not what investing is exactly and i respectfully decline people even though it would it, it it's it's a very difficult part of my job but i tell these investors you know i know what i invest in and i know it cannot generate that level of return so i will politely decline your money but you know it's such a beautiful quote warren buffet said everyone wants he said a beautiful thing he said nobody wants to get rich everyone wants to get rich quick exactly so beautifully I, absolutely i completely agree with that completely agree and he says to an extension of this getting rich is a very slow boring process if it becomes super exciting then then it's it's not investing it's speculation which is what many people think investing and speculation is one and the same it's, it's not exactly so having that level of understanding that it's not the same thing let's take a step back and understand why we need to invest how what to invest in is paramount uh, you know i'll say one more thing jay the funny i i went out with a banker friend of mine this guy's a senior of mine and been in banking way more than me and way more successful as a banker and it it was so shocking when i heard him say that long term investing is dead that's what that's what investing for many people is long term investing is dead long live short term investing which was so surprising yeah absolutely and 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 people have manish and i both met at, uh doing the cfa level 3 but you have this this term which is like an anchoring bias you you you're assuming the present is going to remain for the rest of your life we are currently in a in the arguably the longest bull market the longest period of time that the market is going up and people have this perception that this is just going to keep continuing but market cycles exist and these people who who take ex- extreme amounts of risk at some point in time will lose it all taking on extreme forms of risk can come in many ways you can take on extreme amounts of leverage people i know people who borrow money from the bank and invest it in the markets and with that sort of not investing that's gambling in a way when you start investing other people's money that too without doing your own research absolutely people don't do their own research somebody you know says gets a text message saying apple of of facebook is going to be worth 400 dollars in the next month but people don't have this understanding of what is going to drive the stock to go from 200 let's say to 400 maybe it could but having that level of understanding and knowledge to to make that investment is completely missing with with what i see people around me when they invest like 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 the litmus test of investing would be that if you can't talk about what you're buying for 10 minutes all right that's not investing then you're just acting on a tip or you're just acting out of fomo fear of missing out or as yolo you live only once kind of investing yolo investing as it's called but if you can talk about it for 5 to 10 minutes to a to a audience who who understand investments all right then that's investing absolutely everything else is me i i jay i have never read about anyone who may who became a billionaire acting on tips of course i, I mean that is think about it right if everybody is going to buy facebook and some and let's say if we all took warren buffett as the god of all tips assume warren buffett says guys everybody buy facebook it it will go from 200 to 400 it becomes a boat that everybody piles onto and at some point in time it's reached 400 but then after it reaches 400 there's no case for it to be there he's not going to say sell facebook so everybody who's giving you a tip has some reason for them their selfish reason to give you the tip right 
for whatever reason and, and that's why i love warren buffett he never gives a tip never tells people to do whatever people track you know now in us everything you buy is tracked people can come to know what you bought what you sold warren buffett is is still if you act on warren buffett when he shares quarterly buying selling you know of his fund still okay if you're smart but most people don't do what he is doing yeah. most people do what their friend is doing absolutely and i mean even if you even if you you know warren buffett makes mistakes and but his mistakes are educated mistakes it comes down to the fact that he's educated himself he knows why he's made this mistake and he continues to believe in what he's invested in right Kraft Heinz is one example of Warren Buffett. His biggest mistake. It's Kraft Heinz was his biggest. It's mistake. his biggest mistake. Yeah. But he still he agrees with it. He's not only yeah. not only proud of his successes. He knows that this is a mistake, and he, uh, you know, a lot of times when you're in, when you're investing, you never agree to your mistakes. You only praise your your wins. You never agree to your losses, or you never. Yeah, and and you hope. I, I see many people thinking investing is like you you invest and then you hope and pray that that investing works. That's also not investing. That's not investing. Hoping is not investing. All right, making your God, whichever God you pray to, listening to your prayers is not investing. All right, if there's no thesis for you to believe it will go up, then you're technically just hoping that someone else buys it at a higher price than you did. So you're technically looking for a greater no, fool than you. Greater fool, exactly. And and one. point i'd like to add also is to do with timing the market there's a very key perception there's a very key difference i'd like to to say is is money in the market is better than money out of the market so when you time an investment you say okay the like i mentioned we're in the longest bull market in history but timing and saying okay there will be a pullback is not the right thing to do because then you're just going to wait for it to fall you've lost another year another year another year what if the market doesn't fall for another 5 years you're out of the market for 5 whole years people think they're smarter than the market but in reality you're not so keep the money in the market attribute 3000 films you know if you're buying let's say for for lack of a better example you're buying facebook shares today that 3000 gets you 10 shares tomorrow it will get you 20 shares if it falls down so have consistently be in the market and money in the market is a is will be how you will end up being successful in the long term it, it will get rewarded and you know one more thing that many people think investing is it, it's confusing many people get intimidated by it or like oh it's too much oh it's too much i think if people focus so much time and energy on earning the money but i'll tell you what if you if you don't focus your energy or a little bit if if not expertise or on managing your money then let me tell you your 10 years of work can just wipe be wiped off in one rash decision that you take so yes it is intimidating for a for for someone who's not willing to learn but if you're willing to learn you can always start small it would just take you max 6 months to a year to get decent enough in understanding what kind of investing will make money exactly completely agree completely agree and one last point is to do with if if, if i have to if i have to take a step back and and the amount of time it takes me to analyze a company fully and by the way i don't think that even after analyzing it fully it's it's a more educated decision but it's not the most educated decision and the amount of time it takes me as a full time job with me also working overtime is at least a week at a very minimum a lot of people i see investing in especially us stocks or any kind of stocks and because of based on tips they've not done their own research on this stock for even 
more than an hour which baffles me because in after a week i still question if if my decision is educated enough or no but people have the and this is as a job so it's not even my own money but people have the ability to invest their own money in something that they've not even spent more than an hour understanding yeah like like i tell you if come from a profession like jazz which ha- where his whole role is to analyze a company you have 10 to 20 hours to to dissect a company completely i have a role where i do not have that time so many a times i have to piggy back on people like jay all right who are damn good at this and they they curate the kind of companies they are looking at or they sh- you should look at and then maybe on top of their research like yesterday i bought a few tech stocks all right uh, on on basis of some research but i went through a webinar i went through a research report i in fact went through two webinars one research report my own analysis on coifin all right put together it would be 3 hours of work put in for me to decide on few things that i bought yesterday not as much work as jay did but because i'm piggybacking on other people who do that kind of work but he's you know the level of education he's educating himself yeah. about the the company he's investing in you know we were discussing this earlier also for me if i have to if i have to say there's four steps in my job the first step is i think of something i think of a what is a good idea for lack of a better example let's say tesla tesla is a great idea it's a stock that is electric cars going to change the world that's the first step but the second the second step is valuing it figuring out what is the value of this company right and to do that that's a that's a science and an art in itself the third step is predicting the future of this company which again is an art and the fourth part which a lot of individuals don't have access to is is speaking to management but you can as manish rightly said he was he looked at webinars saw how the ceo what the ceo is saying about the potential growth of this company and then i make an investment decision but where i see investors around me currently at is they've only thought of the this the stuck on the first step and they've made an investment decision on the first step they've not moved to the next steps they've not understood tesla's a great company i agree but at what valuation what are you paying for this company if you're buying it at this stock price you know having that level of understanding is 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 paramount or or finding people who have that level of understanding exactly. all right sometimes you just need good people so don't just buy into everything your friend does you need to be have people who curate quality stuff all right exactly. super so that's the perception all right that we wanted to address now let's look at the reality of what all investing landscape includes right jay you want to take it from here what all a person can literally do with the money they have the, okay perfect so if if you take a step back and at the world of of where you can put your money really it comes down to four or five quote unquote asset classes The first type of the first asset class is called equity. Equities are you you've heard of Facebook, you've heard of Tesla, you've heard of HDFC Bank as a stock. You know, all of these stocks are called equities. Equities there's a life cycle of equities. It can start off if we take Mark Zuckerberg as an example. Mark Zuckerberg started Facebook in his dorm room and then slowly kept getting investors at every stage of Facebook until finally it became publicly available to the market where we me and you are able to buy and sell facebook shares at, at whatever price we think is suitable so where, where facebook is currently is at the last stage of of the equity lifespan and this is most commonly known as listed stocks so listed equities the next asset class is bonds and fixed income fixed income takes many forms essentially this is this is a loan it's a, it's a it's a traded loan 
if you may it's, it's a company being able to borrow a certain amount actually it could be a company it could be a com- it could be a country a lot of uh, 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 any any institution or any sort of a firm can can engage in issuing bonds and what is issuing a bond it's it's issuing a note let's assume 100 dirhams it's it's me giving manish a note of 100 dirhams saying that okay manish i'm i've given you this 100 dirhams in return you promise me 5% every every year that is essentially a bond and the market can keep trading these bonds so maybe maybe my friend says that oh manish you shouldn't be you shouldn't be paying 5% pay only 4% and he buys that from me so bonds are traded loans in a very simplified manner it's essentially a traded loan it's no different or it's not very different to you buying a car and the bank giving you money and you paying the bank x percentage interest every 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 month or every year so simply put simply put if i'll just extend what jay said you buy a car with banks money is that banks giving you money to buy something now currently covid has resulted in so many countries going through a difficult time every country is technically buying it's taking money from investors like you and me which is where saudi is raising a bond where investors are giving money to saudi government so that they can run the country or get out of the situation and 5 years later or 7 years later they will pay it back to those investors just the way you are promising to your bank that after 5 years you will pay off the complete car loan exactly very well same very well yeah. and saudi is paying you a, a premium which is your interest in order for you to give that money now and and get it back later so that 2% 3% something like that so that yeah. exactly the third form or, or the third as equities and bonds are the most commonly used vehicles of investing but if we the three less so commonly used is is real estate now real estate a lot of people have this perception that investing in real estate means you have to buy an entire house that is not true at all you can invest in real estate by you know there's asset class that exists called a reit which is a real estate investment trust essentially this is a this is a it, it, it's it's like an equity it's essentially a company that has been created owning you know if we assume in in dubai owning four or five buildings with those four or five buildings they they get rent from those four or five buildings and then they pay you back the rent as as like a coupon and you can invest in reits for as little as 100 dirhams or or even 10 dirhams and reits exist globally in fact there's a reit that owns the empire state building in new york so if you think that that the empire state building of new york is a good investment you could buy this reit for as little as you know 10 even a dollar 10 dollars 100 dollars and get the rental income the same way you would if you bought this massive house and rented it at least you don't have that risk of owning one house you have a more diversified form of investing in real estate manish anything you want to add on real estate here yeah i i think many people buy a house not as an asset i guess it's emotional value and when you buy something because it gives you that emotional value i own a house it just feels good and boosts your ego but it's not asset many a times i've seen people buy a house beyond their budget and spend more money to to do it up and then struggle to sell it so investing in a house would really make you look at a house and think that am i going to make money on this am i buying it at a particular time where it looks bullish where it looks like it will appreciate where i will get a good rent i'll tell you how i bought my first house which i thought was an asset which complete mistake and that's why i'm sharing it i bought a house my first house in dubai in rimram we call ram ram actually today all right purely because 15 other people in my bank bought it and because this 
whole herd mentality took over me and 15 of them bought this house in this community that was coming up i also bought it i didn't go there i didn't realize how far it was in the middle of nowhere in dubai i didn't i didn't even think of it whether it was expensive or the right time or not and i bought it for a million dirhams and today the value of the house is 400000 dirhams yeah i think you've gotten an asset but in reality you've actually just engaged a liability you have a lot of people think that by buying a house through a mortgage creating an investment but actually they're not like you gave an example of yourself my parents too extremely my mom was an extremely successful entrepreneur but got diverged into buying real estate because as manish said this herd mentality and took out loans in order to fund it and then the business income was going to satisfy these loans not realizing that at some the dubai stock market the dubai real estate market hit and hit hard badly to the point where uh, you know the, the loan is not worth how much the house is same yeah so today today we serve the loan we serve the loan of the house but the value of the house is is, is crap you know but but investment when jaise is real estate when you can think about it thought when you can thoughtfully you know be able to write down about it why it's an asset or what kind of gain you could see on it or how it's saving money like like is is buying it right now saving you on the rent and how is it saving you on a rent exactly then maybe classify it as an asset otherwise it it just serving your emotional need or ego more than anything else and exactly if we now we've spoken on equities we've spoken on bonds slash fixed income we've spoken on real estate there's two um less spoken about asset classes but actually the next asset class which is currencies is the most traded asset class in the world it's not traded the way we think it's traded it's not traded like buy gbp sell jpy for instance and and you can you can do that as an investor but if you think of currencies the world is constantly trading goods and the trade of these goods needs currencies to keep getting exchanged it is practically impossible to value a currency but currencies do hold a value so the indian rupee versus the dollar for instance every 1 dollar buys you i think 60 or 65 indian rupees that value consistently keeps changing and that is derived by multiple factors which comes back to why it's it's practically impossible for you as an investor to value a single currency within that spectrum of currencies so in terms of cryptocurrencies you have you know you have many we we spoke on currencies you have many alternative currencies just like bitcoin largely gaining traction along with other sub other substitutes such as i mean alternatives such as ethereum and litecoin and, and the likes um really this comes down to the the basis for bitcoin was a currency that could be that could be traded globally there's many pros and cons i mean this can be a whole different topic of discussion but again bitcoin falls under this umbrella of um, of currencies the last asset class that uh, that exists is uh, is commodities commodities can take many forms believe it or not you can you can invest in everything from gold to silver which are precious metals crude oil brent are forms of you know energy and you can even invest in food you can invest in things like skim milk live hogs uh, you know anything you want coffee, coffee cocoa favorite coffee chocolate yeah soybeans all of these can be traded also and these are usually traded primarily through what is called futures contracts so you agree to take 
you agree to buy X amount of coffee for this price at of uh, a future date and so yeah the most commonly used or or traded uh, asset classes lie in 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 equities and fixed income okay so just in extension of all the asset classes jay spoke uh, cash is also an asset class when you're not putting in money in any of the asset classes uh, referred to earlier putting money in cash is also an asset class and which asset class you land up choosing in what proportion depends on your depends on your experience depends on your expertise understanding your your objectives your goals so so the whole industry of wealth management financial profiling exists purely because everyone's situation is different so even if we say that there are so many asset classes doesn't mean because bitcoin sounds fancy all right bitcoin is where you land up putting in whatever savings you have everything is is to be looked at it from a unique lens which depends on your goals your risk return profile your objectives experience so much that goes into it and that is why saddens me that people are not taught about money and finance uh, i was not taught about money and finance in school and college where Where we are taught about all 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 the things in the world, but not money and finance. And if we can educate, use this podcast to educate. That is the whole endeavor. But absolutely. But yeah, right. these are the asset classes. So the last bit, Jay. Yeah. Of 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 the session is where we cover what are the different applications or tools or mediums that you have in your, at your disposal to invest in these asset classes, because. because there is a phenomenal plethora of choices available to us as investors and maybe I'll I'll allow Jay to start on it uh, so yeah i mean in the uae there's there's obviously many uh, a lot of people ask me what i think of etoro it's an application that is widely advertised i personally advise not using etoro as a platform what people fail to to understand is with a, with an application like eToro despite them saying that you don't get charged commissions there's something called a bid ask spread and the bid ask spread widening is a form of them charging you commissions we can we can talk a little more in detail of of the mechanics behind that but in reality i like to use two platforms one is interactive brokers interactive brokers is by far the by far the cheapest and most you, you get everything uh, all the asset classes that we spoke of and a lot more is available on interactive brokers the reason i would advise against interactive brokers is it's intimidating it is very intimidating to use uh, even uh, someone who i i mean i consider myself almost an investment professional or an investment professional i still find it intimidating to use their platform which is why i i primarily use uh, saxo saxo bank as 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 my form as as my way to invest in my platform for investing they again have most asset classes most investment vehicles and um, it's cheap that's one of the main things that you should look out for when you open a a plat uh, an, an account with these platforms um it also offers you this variety of op- options which again i like about this platform and uh, it's easy it's very easy to set up an account uh the only hindrance to both of these that i have is the fact that they require minimum amounts to to open an account um, how much is the minimum amount required on on saxo bank i think the minimum amount is is 50000 dirhams or 45 or 50000 yeah. dirhams uh, interactive brokers is 15000 dollars if i write it yeah so both are about 45 to 50000 dirhams 
which I, I personally think is is it's it's worth accumulating that amount of money at least and then and then you know get there. But there's a plethora of options even if you don't have that to begin with. You can open with uh you can open with eToro to begin with. You can also open with there's a local broker called ADSS. They also have an investment platform, but with a albeit a lot smaller uh, number of options. But you can open with hundred dollars if you have to. So, so I'll share with you the platforms I use. I use Stockhill. Okay, Stockhill has just uh, set up uh, their company in DIFC recently, but basically it's a US company, and I got to know them through HDFC Bank in India. Uh, massively growing worldwide and they use a platform provided by Drive Wealth, which is one of the leading brokers of US. So, so I, it doesn't have any minimum requirement. That's a good part of it. Uh, you just have to choose silver, bronze or gold, which package you want to go for. So your, so your joining fee is going to be decided by the package and the package decides what commission you land up paying. Like the, like the package I have, I pay $1 for any transaction. So even if I buy a $100,000 stock, all right, I only pay $1 for it. That's 0.001%, which is ridiculously low. It depends on the package you go for. So you can check out stockhill.com. If you're looking at buying stocks in India, the one of the best platforms to go for is Zerodha. Okay, Nitin Kamath, phenomenal human being to what, what a visionary, all right? Billionaire in the making. I think he'll be the billionaire this year. His platform provides you zero transaction fees. Again, as Jay said, which is the technical aspect of the game. But if you land up buying stocks, it's it's zero. And, and the setup is super smooth, super easy to start, to execute. The user experience is brilliant. So yeah. And if you don't even want to use an app or, or for that matter, a, a desktop version of of De- Stockhill or Zerodha or anything. You can simply go to your bank where you have an account and maybe ask them if they have mutual funds you can invest on a monthly basis. Let's keep the most, let's, let's look at the most elementary way of doing this. Yeah. Even if you don't want a technical asset, just go to your bank and tell them I want to put 1,000, 2,000 dirhams a month. For those of you sitting on 100,000 dirhams on cash, all right, please talk to someone who's well-versed. Uh, if you're JS friend, talk to Jay. Uh, or if you're my friend, talk to me. But talk to someone who you're well versed with. You know, sometimes, sometimes our own friend may not be comfortable talking about us that they have hundred thousand dirhams. What to do? So find someone, and I'll tell you what, guys. When you do land up seeking an advice from someone, I've been an advisor for fifteen plus years now. I'll tell you what. Make sure that you have a litmus test for them. Never start with entire amount of money with them. Start with a small amount of money to see whether 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 they're making sense in their suggestions whether they're actually guiding you to be able to have a good experience. And when you have a good experience, and in three to four months, you will be able to realize you had a good experience with this guy. Maybe then increase your investment in, in you know, onto the recommend you made. Absolutely agree with that. Absolutely. Because our industry has a lot of smart talking people who, who know a little bit more than you and they'll make you feel like they know everything, uh, which is not the case. We can sound like we know everything many, but, but have a litmus test for people when you do land up having a recommendation. But these are the different applications or the platforms or the mediums that you can use to get started. Absolutely. I agree with everything Manish said. And, and also, yeah, educate yourself. That's the key to creating that litmus test of yours. Educate yourself. And then once you educate yourself, you know, you are able to have a better conversation with these people who you seek recommendations or advice from. I guess that is it for session one. Of better bets, uh, Jay. Yeah. I, I feel damn good. I feel damn excited to have this uh, takeoff. And Absolutely. looking forward to bring you a lot of value in time to come. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of 
we we spoke on a multitude of topics that will create a lot of questions with the listeners and we you best believe we will be addressing all of those questions in in upcoming episodes so yeah stay tuned and and feel free to drop us a message all right if you would like us to cover any topics or anything that you think we could elaborate more on in our next podcast feel free to let us know it will be a pleasure absolutely agree okay. all right guys signing off have a smashing day ahead ciao take care guys see you